Handle on the News. Handle on the News! Yes, I respect porn stars. Bill Handle. Don't you respect porn stars? And now, here's porn star Bill Handle. Okay, here we are. It's uh, Thursday. It's uh, the 7th of uh, June. We're calming down a little bit. Uh, but uh, there's still uh, some bad news out there. Uh, we have the uh, Guatemalan volcano, and that just keeps on bad, bad, bad news. Uh, it has, because uh, I was preparing the show, and I wasn't able to listen uh, to you, uh, Jennifer. Uh, anything new on the Hawaiian volcano? Uh, no, not since we heard earlier this okay. week that we had had the 100 homes plus Got it. destroyed. That's it. Okay, let me say a quick hello to everybody before we get started. Uh, Jennifer Jones Lee, hello. I handle. And uh, there's Wayne Resnick. Hello. And uh, there's a lovely Alex and uh, John Ramirez over there. And it's not even, he's not even responding. He doesn't even look at me. I said, hello, John. Okay. Good morning, Bill. Thank you. Either you wave, you acknowledge, your eyebrows should go up, something. Uh, Maybe he said Botox. Maybe. Didn't his eyebrows hold? Maybe. Okay. Um, this is kind of fun. Uh, I get a lot of gifts before we start. Uh, I get a lot of gifts. Most of us do who are in radio. People, well, not only do we get death threats, but uh, <laughs> get a lot of invitations to restaurants, for example, hoping that I'll say something. I'm invited to, of course, every musical on the planet, hoping I'll say something. Uh, this time around, I received a gift that was sent to me that I've never even come close. It probably is the most unusual thing I've ever received. I wondered what that was. Oh, it is some sort of uh, ethnic drum. Yes. And uh, so anyway, we're going to do a, a video on Instagram uh, in, in a few minutes, and you'll see. And then uh, a lovely card uh, that I that I received so explaining this, sort of. It's very nice. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's a, I think it's an African drum. I like it. Uh, with... Uh, some half is that like cowhide? I think it's some. It looks like cowhide, some kind of a hide, and it's halfway up, and then uh, there. It's just, and it depends on, uh, you know, which African country because uh, the, that could be human skin, uh, that's being used on that. No, 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 no. And it doesn't even look like human. It very clearly looks like some kind of animal. How the hell? How do you yeah. know what human skin looks like when it's uh, what? stretched over a drum top? It's so, wait. You take human skin and because you stretch it over a dr oh, you're talking about the top part? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought you meant the decorative part. No, no, around no, 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 not there. Yeah, the we're talking about the top part. Yeah, I don't know what I kind of skin that is? Human, I still say no. Human skin does not have the appropriate physical yeah, properties to yeah, make a good drum head. Also, if you look at uh, the. Uh, the hide, it's very hairy. Uh, this could have been manufactured here we in go. Glendale. I knew it. Okay. <laughs> I knew it. All right. The, a video is coming. It was going to be Glendale or Athens, uh, one or the other. That's Glendale! True. Or Athens. Okay, guys, are we ready to do it? Let's do it. Here you go. Lead story. Say the children. The, uh, some of the children that were burned in the Guatemala uh, volcano eruption are coming to the United States for medical treatment. Uh, Shriners Hospital for Children uh, in uh, Florida. They just got here this morning to got Houston. Uh, the Shriners Hospital are, is really a terrific organization. They uh, are, uh, uh, it's uh, 
obviously a nonprofit. It's a charitable organization, and uh, the Shriners uh, support this and have. I think there's 22 of them around the country now. I mean, it's really incredible. You remember the, and I just too bad they no longer do this, where you just have the members of the Shriners in parades. Oh, I love that. The little be, cars? The, no, it was the little motorcycles. Oh, yeah, the, they were? And, and the hats? And the Fez. Yes. Fez, and then they would drive around and just... Uh, Oh, they were wonderful. I don't know why they don't do that anymore, because they were the highlight of any parade. It was uh, cool. So anyway, uh, good news for those kids. Uh, Some of them were pretty severely burnt. Yeah, some of them are in critical condition. I talked with Jim Ryan, and the cool thing was, is a lot of their uh, family members were able to come with them. But what broke my heart is he said, in some cases, it would be like a grandma or something, because you don't know what happened to the rest of their families. Okay. Anyway. Next story. Is that going to be our segue? This, that's going to be our. I like it. You know, it's uh, it's. Oh, that's like you know. Instead of the gavel, on uh, oh. do they have a case? I'll go. Ooh, no, they don't have a case. Okay, let's move on. This is going. We are going to witness today the fastest confiscation of a drum <laughs> ever in history. I'm going to do it. We have to do a video of this. Yeah, sure. which we will. We'll do an Instagram and then video. I'm burning that drum. <laughs> well, Samantha B is sorry for breaking America. Understand? Uh, I mean, it was tongue in cheek. I mean, it was uh, she was doing it in her, in this case, kind of bizarre. I, I guess it makes sense. So uh, she uh, is still joking about it. She talked about using the infamous c word and said she uses it all the time. It's a part of her show. Although referring to Ivanka with that word, she it did cross the line, and she did apologize. Yeah, I don't so know. she sort of. Uh, you know, going back and forth on that apology. Well, yeah, I feel like dancing she's saying, the line back and forth. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah, don't pretty it. much. You know who's sorry? L.A. County Registrar Dean Logan. He is being asked for answers from the county and the state. And this is because uh, over 118,000 people were left off the voter registration rolls yesterday, uh, Tuesday. And, uh... He was called in front of the L.A. County supervisors, and then uh, Secretary of State Alex Padilla wrote a letter demanding an right. explanation and, as and, to what happened. And it, it it deserves an explanation, but it's no harm, no foul, because the 118,000 people, still their vote still counted. Also, can you come up, uh, dr- uh, pick up the numbers, if you could research the numbers of uh, the top two uh, vote-getters, uh, Gavin Newsom and Cox, and if... Um, and I haven't done the math, but if uh, oh, if the, uh, if one hundred eighteen thousand additional all votes, one hundred eighteen, if one hundred percent of one hundred eighteen thousand voters went to Via Ragosa, would he still be in the top? Uh, would he have made the top two, or oh, is he no. still number three? He's still number three. So therefore, I do know that. okay, yeah, it wouldn't right. have mattered. So uh, what's he saying? At least he's not saying we have to vote again. At least he's not saying oh, horrid, horrid, horrid. I've been screwed. Uh, but he. Uh, does say there's a problem there and uh no one cares uh, because what he has to say now is irrelevant he he will no longer even be quoted on the pothole issue anymore <laughs> that was his big that was true his thing. issue Mi- million potholes that's right we're going to be repaired oh stormy daniels has filed another lawsuit i don't know did i 
Yes, Stormy, you did. This is a crazy story. Uh, I don't know where she's going with this. She filed it against her former lawyer, lawyer claiming who, he was a puppet for the president right. and worked with the president's lawyer right. to Cutti- deny the affair. Right, cutting a deal where Donald Trump, who is a billionaire, only paid her $130,000 to shut up. Probably the best deal in the history of shut-up stories with someone who's that big, uh, who is of, of that, has that kind of a uh, exposure. I'm talking about Donald Trump, who's that well-known and that has that much money. She should thank her lucky stars that her attorney was able to cut it uh, uh, to, well, no, 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 I'm sorry, it's the other way. I apologize, it's the other way. Her attorney... Uh, screwed her. That's the point. I'm yeah. sorry. I mean, I misread the story. Here's the funniest part, though. The, the, it's this cut. It's this quote. Trump's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, sarcastically, uh, he was talking to an Israeli journalist yesterday, and he sarcastically asked why President Trump would chase after a porn star. I think she... We have that. to respect on this stage every woman. Yes, I respect porn stars. Don't you respect porn stars? That cut, I respect porn stars. I know. It's going to be... It just it's going to blow up. It's going to go yeah, viral, and it, which is too bad because what he actually meant was I respect porn stars because they're citizens as much as anybody else and deserve the same treatment under the law, which is what he obviously meant. Meant right, uh, and uh, it's just it's going to uh, get just twisted. Too bad. So she's got an argument though. Uh, if um, I, well, I don't know if the deal was cut and she agreed to it at one hundred and thirty thousand uh, dollars. There's an allegation. It's not in this story. One of the allegations is that Davidson tried to arrange with the Trump people that she would appear, and I forgot where, that she would appear somewhere and falsely deny publicly that they had had an affair. Yeah, I don't even know if that's illegal. I don't even know if that's illegal. If you say you'll do it and you sign a contract that says, yeah, I'll lie. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, lying in, uh, I don't think lying in public, not obstruction of justice, uh, it's, uh, I think, uh, that's, so yeah, now here's yeah, the deal. I, I think that's... she's basically waived attorney client privilege oh, with completely. this Davidson guy. So now Davidson can have the same level of throwing muck oh. as Michael Avenatti has yeah, now. That's true. Let's take a break and we'll come back and do more. Uh, this is KFI Jennifer. All right. Handle here. It is a Thursday morning. Uh, some of the big stories that were covering uh, President Trump uh, commuted the sentence of Alice Johnson uh, because Kim Kardashian asked him to. And uh, there's a whole story about that because uh, there is a lot more than just he commuted a sentence. Oh, yeah, it gets much deeper than that. All right. And also uh, the volcanoes uh, in uh, particularly Guatemala, uh, 99 people, but uh, and it's still, what, almost 200 missing. So you'll see about 300 people have died as a result of that. Okay, uh, let's move on with more handle on the news. Jennifer Jones Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. Well, news coming out now about a phone call towards the end of May between uh, President Trump and Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, where uh, the president made a scurrilous accusation against the Canadians. This- so they're talking about the tariffs, and the tariffs are ultimately technically based on national, national security. National security, which Trudeau went nuts. Right, which makes sense. Why or how could Canada be a national, national security, security concern? And Trump said, uh, didn't you guys burn down the White House? And he was talking about the War of, of 1812, 1812 when the British 
burn down the White yeah, but House. Here's, this is the technical parsing of words. Uh, when uh, and now the answer is no, it wasn't the Brit- it wasn't the Canadians. It was the Brits who did it. However, uh, it was British troops because Canada was part of Britain at that time. Right, uh, it was part of the territories owned mm-hmm. by Britain. So Canadian troops. Uh, it's just, uh, and he is not a maven of history. We know that. Donald Trump has uh, referred to a couple things just dead-ass wrong. But, okay, so, all right, big deal. Canadian, English troops burning down the White House. They did burn down the White House. That was the last time. But it wasn't Canada. And it, it, was, and but it also Canada was, was part, in 1812. Yeah, but part, it was, it, you know, it I'm sorry. This is way too big a deal. Well, the, there's, there's two issues. One, no. one is that he didn't know the the subtleties of the history, and I agree with you. That's But the other thing is... They're still unable to explain why is, Canada is a national security right. concern. However, this statement, we don't know, uh, was it a quip? He might have been joking. Yeah. He does like to yeah. make kind of weird jokes like that. Yeah, and so, yeah, um, yeah, they're making a big deal. And this this is what gives so much credence to the Trump administration's argument that the, the mass media uh, is just hates him and will say anything against him. Therefore, it's part of a plan. Yeah, because the inflection would make a huge yeah, difference yeah. on so, what he said. I don't, I don't buy that. Okay. All right. Well, here's what you were talking about. The life sentence of Alice Marie Johnson has been commuted. Freedom is mine. Yeah. I'm going to do a lot more uh, about this at, six, at 7 o'clock. But a, a big part of the story is she was a first-time offender. And therefore, that changes everything, a first-time offender. I'm going to have uh, Wayne come in with me because this is a federal, uh, she was in federal prison. It was a commutation, and you've been involved in a lot of sentencing and first, quote, first-time offenders. All I can tell you is uh, the analogy I'm going to make if if, uh, someone hacks up 15 people in a park, in a federal park, and hasn't done it before, hey, your Honor, or ladies and gentlemen of the jury, he had never hacked up 15 people before. This was a first-time offense. Therefore, I mean, it's it, it's that stupid. All right, we'll go on. Uh, all right, you want to do this quickly, or do you want to do it when we come back? Uh, let's do it when we come back, because this is horrific news. Uh, uh, munchkins. Oh, God, we'll be sad. back with that. Yeah, I know, it's very sad. Okay, And in one sense, it's not very sad, and I'll explain. I mean, so how does someone dying not be very sad? I'll explain. KFI AM 640, Jennifer Jones. KFI handle here on a... Thursday morning, some of the big stories that we are hearing. Uh, a federal judge uh, ruled on an immigration case uh, for sure. Uh, volcanoes in Guatemala, unfortunately, horrible news. Uh, news out of Hawaii, uh, it's calmed down a little bit, unless you happen to have one of those homes uh, that burnt. And how many have been there? Over 100 so far uh, that have burnt. Ugh, horrible across the board. All right, uh, more handle on the news. Jennifer Jones Lee. And Wayne Resnick and me, and well, uh, an era is over. We represent the lollipop, Jill, the lollipop. The last 
surviving Munchkin from the Wizard of Oz has passed away at the age of 98, Jerry 90, Maron. 98. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, when uh, you die at 98, now he's had uh, some dementia problems for the last few years, okay? So let's cut off that time. Mid-90s, let's say. Not bad. Not bad. And he was the tough guy. Remember the three Munchkins yeah. who presented uh, Dorothy uh, with the lollipop, yeah, the giant lollipop. Right, he yeah. was the tough guy. Yeah, uh, that was oh, he was wonderful. And then he uh, he was a huge. Uh, I wouldn't say a star, but what an uh, what a living he made. A uh, hundred film, TV credits, mm-hmm. commercials. He was he has played the Hamburger Ham. I can't even say the word Hamburglar. Hamburglar and Mayor McCheese. Yep, well, and Buster, Buster Brown. Brown and Little Oscar in Oscar Meyer ads. Oh, I, I once met Little Ox- uh, Little Oscar. You did? I did. Which I don't know if it was him or not, but it it was pretty exciting. Where? Uh, in Los Angeles. Remember the uh, Wiener Mobile? Oh yeah, sure. yeah. I that it would you see it occasionally on the freeways. <laughs> totally. Uh, and uh, I some event, and there he was, little Oscar, and it was uh, so exciting. It's probably one of the best moments of my life. Uh, I have to. If you look at the three best moments of my life, uh, it was when I uh, married Marjorie, when my kids were born, and when I met little Oscar. And I have no idea which. <laughs> order that is uh, handle <laughs> well uh, a pizza delivery guy in new york city is facing deportation but wait till you hear who turned him in pizza is the pizza yeah you're as cold as ice he was delivering a pizza to an army base in brooklyn like he'd done a bazillion times before he says he shows his id card as he's going into the base and they let him in But then he was confronted by another officer when he got to the delivery address, and that officer asked him to show another form of ID that he didn't have. So then they detained him by military officers, and then the officers apparently called ICE after that. Yep. And there's another part of the story, which is, I don't know if it makes it any better or worse. He had been ordered. Yes. uh, He was granted. This is kind of a favor they will do for you, voluntary departure. Instead of grabbing you, locking you they up. Let, they and then let you go by they yourself. They say you will leave by a certain and date. And you agree. And, and he, he didn't. did not. Yeah, so he was uh, very illegal. And it's a military base. That's and this is a thing. guy with a warrant. Right. That's true. That's true. Takeaway here is if you deliver pizzas, make sure they're hot. That's the <laughs> takeaway. Yeah, you're going to get people really pissed wow. off at you otherwise. A uh, federal judge has ruled that uh, part of the U.S. law, uh, Title Eight, Section 1373, is unconstitutional. Yeah. That judge is so wrong, I don't even know where to begin. But this is simply a statute that says no local state or local entity can forbid any other state or local entity from sharing very narrow information with the federal government about immigration status. That's all it says. It doesn't say anyone has to share the information. You have to decide you don't want to share the information, though. Somebody else can't come in and say you're not allowed to share it. If you don't want to share it as, say, a county sheriff or whatever, you don't have to. And And he's saying that this is commandeering state and local authorities to enforce federal law. But how is it when any state or federal person can decide, I'm sorry, state or local person, they're allowed to decide for themselves that they don't want to share it? Yeah, that's not too wonky. 
I lost you in the first sentence. Oh, okay. Sorry. I just, this is, you're going to talk about this later? No, no. not oh. about this one. I'm not. All right. All right. I've got a story about right. the largest workplace raid in years by ICE. This one happened at an Ohio gardening business. 114 undocumented immigrants right. were found working there. That's a lot of people. Not as many as a couple of years ago when they picked up uh, over 200 in the plumbing department at a Home Depot up uh, in uh, Pacoima. I don't remember that story. That was a big story. I missed it. Well, there were 200 officers involved in this operation. And uh, it was, I think, in Tennessee that uh, they got 100 people recently. But this makes it 14 more than hey. that one. You know, uh, Wayne, let me throw this at you and you too, uh, Jen, because you've covered a lot, a lot of these stories. So let's say you have a raid that picks up 80 or 100, uh, insert name of uh, criminals or whatever, uh, and uh, 200, 200 officers involved with picking up 100 people. And usually these investigations go on for months, don't they? Okay. The cost is astronomical to pick up 100 people. And if you look at the cost per person, it is crazy making. Uh, not that it shouldn't be done because you make a statement and bad guys, as far as the government, should be picked up. Mafia people picked up. But, man, people don't talk about the cost of these things. I just wanted to throw that at you. Let's uh, take a break. and we'll. Not that it has any relevance to anything, but I just thought I'd talk about that. Uh, let's take a break and maybe we'll talk about things that are actually more relevant. What do you think? Uh, KFI. Handle here and uh, the morning crew. And uh, good morning on a Thursday. Quick reminder, Law Day 2018 coming up a week from Saturday from 9 to 2 o'clock at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. Over 100 legal experts giving you good, not marginal, legal advice from HandleOnTheLaw.com. And you'll have advice in virtually every field of the law. And I'll be broadcasting uh, the show Handle on the Law from 9 to 11 o'clock. We'll have free seminars, win prizes throughout the day. For more info, log on to KFIAM640.com. And the keyword is Law Day. Uh, also sponsored by the Bowers Museum. Uh, during Law Day, get a $5 discount to visit all of the exhibits at this really extraordinary museum, the Bowers. So that's Law Day, Saturday, June 16th, Bowers Museum, Santa Ana. Okay, so that's one down. All right, back we go as we finish Handle on the News. Jennifer Jones-Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. Justice Department's zero-tolerance policy on border crossers is creating, can you believe it, an overflow of court hearings. But you don't miss me. Yeah, they don't know what to do. I mean, they're uh, just they're just dealing with so many. It's not only the detention, uh, the detention facilities that they have with the with the uh, the people, the families, how to deal with them, the separating of the families, but also just the hearings themselves. I mean, it, it's, they're working on sending more judges down to the border to try to expedite these right. hearings. You remember when the uh, the caravan came up? Sure. And you had a couple hundred people. I think they were processing six a day. Yeah, they didn't gear up for that, and they didn't yeah. gear up in advance for this. for this. And they knew it was going to happen, and they just didn't think it through. Well, there's a gay veteran in San Pedro who says his neighbors have targeted him with all kinds of criminal acts because of his sexuality. You're so gay and you don't even like boys. Now, he might even have some proof. So 
he says that Ryan uh, Giretsch, who moved into this neighborhood, says right after he moved in, he started having uh, slurs used against him. And then things got really bad when he hung a rainbow flag out for LGBT Pride Month. And he said they started shouting homophobic comments, throwing garbage at him. And then he was able to get three women yelling at him on video, one even spitting at him. Now, the cops say, and the spitting is, uh, that's a battery. I didn't realize spitting was battery. Oh, yeah, that's a misdemeanor. And if it's determined to be a hate crime, which it should be fairly easy, then you have an enhanced uh, enhanced prison time. So the judge could give her 35 years to life. Well, maybe not. Well, what about this one? <laughs> okay, so that's no. maybe that's a little much. So they, he says the attacks grew even more personal a few months ago when somebody put up flyers around the neighborhood accusing oh, him of being a pedophile. I know. That's, see, to a lot of people, and I don't get this, and less and less, thank goodness, is homosexuality equals pedoph- uh, pedophilia. I mean, where do you get that? Because that's the hatred uh, that so many members of society have. And they're, they're so threatened by gay people that it's uh, that they go to that extent. I mean, you can have a religious situation. Well, I don't believe in gay people. You know, it's Adam and Eve. It's not Adam and Steve. You can think whatever you want. But connecting pedophilia to homosexuality? Come on, guys. If he oh, finds a- who put up those uh, those flyers about him, can he sue for what, slander defamation? or defamation? Yeah, I think so. I would think so. Okay. Uh, CrossFit has fired one of their top executives for saying that celebrating gay pride is a sin. We're on a mission from God. Yeah, here's another this, one. This, it started in Indiana at a, at a specific CrossFit gym, which are not owned by CrossFit, the company. You license the name CrossFit. And they were going to do a workout to celebrate gay pride. The owner of the gym found out that the coaches were going to have this workout and canceled it. So then the coaches quit and they had to shut the gym down. This guy that works for CrossFit Corporate or did, Russell Berger, he tweeted that celebrating gay pride was a sin. Oh, it's so crazy. Uh, he, tra- he deleted the tweets, but as you know, the internet lives forever. And so uh, he's been fired. Good and for him. The, Good. The CEO of CrossFit tweeted, I am crazy proud of the gay community good in for, CrossFit. And good for him. Oh, you, now you're a CrossFitter, or you were a gross, CrossFitter. Uh, and do, do I have this right that during gay pride week uh, at uh, the CrossFits, they would pay, play uh, the soundtrack from uh, South Pacific? No. <laughs> No, not quite. But there's there's a sizable contingent. Oh, of course, of, uh, gay, gay people. And oh, they're people buff. Doing CrossFit. Oh, they so. are buff. There's no question about it. I... Okay, oh, here's another one. Here's another one. It's a teacher in Indiana who says he was forced to resign because he wouldn't go along with the school district's policy of addressing transgender students by their preferred names. And that's the policy. And. I don't get this. You know the uh, the same issue uh, happened when uh, Muhammad Ali became Muhammad Ali. Remember, he was Cassius Clay, and all of the uh, sports folks refused to refer to him in the name that he chose, except Howard Cosell. He's the one that first said Muhammad Ali, and then it took off. Here's the point: you have a guy. Uh, let's say you have a young man who uh, is isn't is a trans, uh, and realize that very early on. I am now Charlotte. You know, come on. Why not? Why, how much does it hurt you to do that? Oh, my God, my religious preference. Here we go again with that same crap. So, anyway, he got fired for this. Yeah, the, he says that 
that he feels it's a dangerous lifestyle oh, and yeah, he didn't want to go along with the policy. Oh. And he somehow reached like an agreement with the administration to call the students by their last names. But then after a little bit, they decided, no, you can't do that either. So he offered to resign, but then withdrew it just days before the school year ended. Well, then they locked him out of the school's email system. I mean, they, they just should. made it, it you know, it, tough for him to be It's a dangerous there. lifestyle. What, Mr. Psychologist uh, looking at studies? Is that it? Uh, doctor? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Pediatrician who has a specialty in transgenderosity? Okay. This really pisses me off when this happens. I, I hate value judgments like this. It drives me nuts when people impose their value judgments. Okay, we're done. All right, uh, coming up, big issue with the president commuting Alice Johnson's sentence. First question I have, she's what, 60-something, 60 63, and she's a great-grandmother? What does that tell you? What, she started having kids at 9 and then her kids started having kids at nine? Well, that's that's not the issue. Are you judging them? I absolutely am judging them. There's no question about it. Judgment is here. Judgment. I you hated value judgment. Exactly. Except when I do it under oh, these circumstances. Okay. All right. There's a big issue about all this. I'll get serious for a moment. KFI AM 640. Why don't you just meet me in the middle? I'm losing my mind just a little. KFI. Handle on a uh, Thursday morning, and obviously a lot to cover today. We always have a lot to cover. It's, it ranges all the way from a lot to cover to monumental, insane, end-of-the-world news. And today, it's simply down to a lot to cover, right? Uh, also, before uh, I get on with uh, the topic at hand, um, there's an Instagram video up at Bill Handle Show. Also, I think it's... Uh, is it? Uh, do we have it on other social media? Uh, it, it's also linked on the Twitter at Bill Handel Show as okay. well. All right, and uh, it is. Uh, this is a fun one. This has to do with uh, the most unusual gift I have ever received over the course of my many years of broadcasting, and so it's kind of fun. So just go to uh, at Bill Handel Show on and Instagram. Yes, you get to show off a talent that we didn't know you had before. That's also true. That is also true. So anyway, just go to the uh, uh, at Bill Handel Show on uh, on Instagram. All right, now uh, yesterday was kind of big news. We sort of knew this was going to happen, and this is in reference to uh, Kim Kardashian visiting the White House and asking the president to commute the life of uh, the life sentence of Alice Johnson. And I don't know how Kim Kardashian, why she got so excited, but she did. Because uh, there's no connection between the two. Now, uh, Alice Johnson is a 63-year-old great-grandmother in prison for drug trafficking. And the president commutes her sentence. Out of jail she goes. She was going to be in jail for the rest of her life. Uh, and that's because, uh, Wayne, there's no parole, is there, in uh, the federal system? There is L no parole. There is a little bit of good time uh, but that not you much. can get. You serve 85% of a sentence, except life, life means life there's no getting out. All right. So the only way you're going to get out is the president uh, either pardons you or commutes your sentence. And that's exactly what happened uh, with uh, Alice Johnson. And out she goes. Now, here is the part that is so interesting. Uh, first of all, the commutations, the pardons that have occurred are either allies or friends of the president. I mean, that is the first accusation 
And as a matter of fact, there's an accusation that the president, and again, these are sources, quote, and that's all you're really going to get because no one in the White House is ever going to come out and make an accusation like that, and no one will ever keep a job and is done with politics, will never be hired again by anybody in the world of politics. So uh, the accusation is, is that Trump has actually asked aides, who should I pardon today? Okay, but here is the part that's so interesting. Atlas Johnson is in jail for life for drug trafficking. President Trump has called for the death sentence for drug traffickers. And one of uh, his very lo- of big, big campaign promises and issues is we're going to get, we are going to get harsh on drug traffickers, even drug users. And all of a sudden, you see a major player in the world of drugs, Alice Johnson. First of all, she's 63 years old and is a great-grandmother. How the hell do you become a great-grandmother at the age of 63 Child, another child, another child. Right? So uh, how old uh, do you, uh, let's say you are 16 when you get pregnant, and then you have a 16-year-old child that gets pregnant who is a 16-year-old who also gets pregnant. Uh, Can you pull it off? I guess you can, theoretically. Wouldn't wouldn't you at that point, would that be a great-grandmother at 48? Maybe. 16, 16, 16 having a child yeah probably anyway uh we're just doing a little bit of math here and so uh the issue became there's two issues number one kim kardashian asked for it therefore what kim kardashian wants kim kardashian gets especially with the president of the united states which is kind of interesting the second issue is uh, that one of the reasons is that alice johnson it was a first time offense And therefore, it was way too punitive. Now, let me tell you about a first-time offense with this woman. Uh, She was head of a ring uh, that over four years brought in two two to 3,000 kilos of cocaine. Multiply that by 2.2, and that's how many pounds we're talking about. I mean, this is a massive, massive deal. And so it's not simply uh, you have a quarter of a pound and you're dealing drugs. It, let, let's call it even 2,000. Uh, it's uh, almost, it is, it's 5,000 pounds of cocaine. And that's at a minimum. And, oh, it's the first offense. Well, hold on a minute. She also got nailed for money laundering. This is a huge time drug dealer. And uh, in many, many parts of the world, this is the death sentence. And... The president has called for anybody who's an uh, opioid dealer, for example, uh, for the death sentence. And if you were to ask the president, well, how much would you be comfortable with the death sentence? How much trafficking would you be comfortable? My guess is the president would say way under 5,000 pounds of drugs over four years. I mean, major, major criminal. So. I think this brings up the point that uh, if you are somehow connected to the president or he likes you, if he's a fan, uh, as in Kim Kardashian, that's the other thing. Just call up and say, I'd like to see the president. Boom, you're in. If you're a Hollywood person, not Sean Penn, 
Uh, certainly not Martin Sheen. That's probably not going to work. Uh, but anybody else, Ted Nugent would probably come in. Uh, Charlton Heston, they would exhume him and uh, bring him in. Huge fan. And 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 uh, have you noticed that Charlton Heston's hands are so much colder than the rest of his body? Okay. Coming up, mass. De- I mean, if this. I mean, if this isn't hypocrisy, I don't know what is. All right. Coming up, mass uh, protections for border crossers. Our mass prosecutions. For border crossers, and I'll tell you uh, the big change. We talked a little bit about it in the handle on the news, but this is much bigger. This is KFI. There's Jen- And this is uh, KFI handle here on a, a Thursday. Big stories that we're covering. Uh, Trump, uh, trending news. President Trump, uh, Trump has commuted the sentence of Alice Johnson, uh, drug dealer extraordinaire was serving life in prison. Uh, you've got uh, volcano news, uh, all of it bad. Guatemala, at least 99 people now confirmed dead, 200 missing. And uh, at least in one sense, I guess there's some good news. The children were burned uh, in the volcano, being transported to Shriners Hospital uh, in uh, Texas for treatment. So I guess that's a little sliver of uh, good news. Okay. Oh, also on our Instagram page at Bill Handel Show. Uh, the most unusual gift I have ever received since I've started doing this show. And uh, it's right there. Goes to show, oh, you know what? I, I marched to a, a different drummer. Oh, very good. You know, you that's do. true. And you can Literally. just listen to the show. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, go to uh, at Bill Handel Show on Instagram. Good enough. Now, uh, zero tolerance immigration policy is now uh, the policy of the Trump administration. And uh, Jeff uh, Sessions a couple of weeks ago really brought it to the forefront when he said, we are not going to tolerate illegal aliens coming into this country. And we are going to make it as difficult for you as possible. And the more difficult we make it for you, the more a deterrent this is going to be. Now, is that true? Well, you know, I guess uh, to an extent uh, because one of the reasons that the number of illegal aliens uh, coming in across the border has dropped, did drop so dramatically, is there was no work. Well, the economy is doing great. Uh, theoretically, there's work. And most illegal aliens, most get paid under the table. So you would think they would be pouring over the border. It, they're not. They're not. And we don't know all the reasons, uh, certainly those that are uh, advocating Uh, The pro-illegal alien lobby activists uh, are saying that it's not going to be a deterrent. The wall's not going to be a deterrent. Don't know how it's not going to be a deterrent. I think it is. uh, But but do we want to spend 65 or $75 billion uh, building a wall? I mean, that's another issue. But as uh, Operation Streamline is occurring, what does this have to do with uh, all of these illegal aliens crossing the border, even smaller numbers, and the zero-tolerance immigration policy. Well, there is gridlock going on right now at the border. The criminal justice system, the Border, uh, border Patrol, uh, who, these folks who pick up illegal aliens crossing the border, uh, it is a criminal violation. And even though it's immigration judges, it is a criminal 
violation unless they move it into the civil part of it. And they, they tend to do that in immigration. But the point is there are so many people, and they do it civilly so they can un, so they can go around uh, the criminal uh, uh, the uh, criminal definitions. Why? Because people that are accused of crimes have tremendous protections under the Constitution. And they don't if it's civil. That's why they move it in that direction. And so the vast majority uh, decide they're going to leave anyway, uh, voluntary deportations. But there are plenty who've asked for asylum. There are plenty that need, and, and they're entitled to a hearing, whether civil or criminal. And so the gridlock is going crazy. So they're, uh, what the administration started is something called Operation Streamline. And criminals, migrants will be moved through the criminal justice system if they're being charged criminally in group hearings where cases are handled in a matter of hours all the way from arraignment to sentencing. Groups of people are going to be going through. Prosecutions of up to 100 migrants per day already occur in federal districts in Arizona and Texas. But here in Southern California, where that has not been going on, uh, which we do not have an expedited judicial proceeding, we are going to. Now, as I said, most people who cross illegally in California are not criminally prosecuted. And the number would increase substantially. Why? Because they're going to move them through. In mass numbers, there's uh, uh, there's an organization called the Criminal Case Management Committee, attorneys, judges, law enforcement, uh, that were convened by the district's chief judge to address these caseloads that are exploding. Now, the plans have not been finalized, uh, but prosecutors told the committee, we want to charge anywhere from 35 to 100 people per day, including first-time crossers. And uh, the uh, Jeremy Warren, uh, who attended the meeting, uh, defense attorney, they want anybody arrested crossing the border to be prosecuted with illegal entry. Well, yeah, it's zero tolerance. That's exactly what Jeff Sessions wants. What he is saying is, hey, it is the law. Illegal aliens, gee, let's look at the word illegal Let's look in the dictionary with the word illegal. They're not undocumented. Well, they happen to be undocumented. That's true. But they're also illegal, and it's a criminal prosecution. And the only reason they're moving people into the civil era area is because uh, the criminal part of it is more complicated and because so many protections. And if someone is charged uh, criminally, they're entitled to a lawyer for free. Because that's America. So it's going to be a double hit. Uh, both more criminal cases as well as more civil cases. And the only way you do, to do that when you have a limited number of immigration judges, limited number of personnel, is you just start moving them in numbers. It's oh, I have a, a story that I've shared with you before. Uh, when I was uh, actually practicing, God forbid, and actually had clients, more God forbid, and uh, we would be, uh, I'd be in a court, um, calendar court, where the judges sent you off for uh, to various courtrooms. And there would be an arraignment right in the middle of it. And at one point, there were a bunch of hookers that were being arraigned. And they brought in about 15 in one time. 
which is, but that's what they do when they pick up these hookers. And uh, most of them were Hispanic. Uh, that just happened to have arrested these hookers in a Hispanic area. And the judge, on the record, right, with uh, the court stenographer typing away, said, here come the Taco Bells. Swear to God. Think that would work today? Oh, my. And everybody laughed in the courtroom. All right, uh, coming up. Uh, We'll recalling Judge Aaron Persky, which happened a couple of days ago, give other judges pause. Uh, They're saying yes. I'm saying no. And I'll explain why. KFI AM 640. KFI handle here. And uh, before I get into a, a legal topic dealing with uh, the uh, recall of uh, Judge Aaron Persky, uh, another legal issue, and that's Law Day. Oh, great segue handle. Uh, Coming up on Saturday 16th from 9 to 2 o'clock at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. We do it every year, and there'll be over 100 legal experts from HandleOnTheLaw.com giving you free legal advice, good advice, not marginal, in virtually every field of law. You can see one, you can see a dozen if you want. I'll be broadcasting Handle on the Law from 9 to 11 o'clock there. There'll be free seminars, prizes throughout the day. Go to KFIAM640.com. The keyword is Law Day, sponsored by Cunning Dental. If you have loose or missing teeth, call Cunning Dental for that free exam. Call 888-640-SMILE. Saturday, June 16th, Law Day at the Bowers Museum. All right. Uh, a couple of days ago, something uh, in terms of the election, uh, most of what happened, everybody assumed was going to happen. There were no big surprises. And one of the sort of it's going to happen issues was uh, the recall of Santa Clara County Superior Court Judge Aaron Persky, who had given that uh, the university, uh, Stanford University student Brock Turner, six months in jail, of which he did three months. And the actual conviction was digital penetration of an intoxicated, unconscious woman. And uh, so you have uh, Persky thrown off the bench. He could have, I think the the prosecutor called for six years. And Persky was thrown off the bench uh, 60% to 40. I mean, that is landslide city. It's not even approaching close to close. And so the question is, uh, is uh, this recall going to discourage uh, other judges from being too lenient? And uh, that's uh, exactly what uh, UC Berkeley Law School Dean Erwin Chemerinsky, who is a friend of mine who is brilliant, uh, in, he's a constitutional uh, law expert known throughout the United States, that's been in front of the Supreme Court half a dozen times or more, uh, who happens to be a real liberal. And uh, he said it will have a real impact on judges' decision-making. If you look at a decision like this and the judge is thrown off the bench, all of a sudden judges around the state are going to go, whoa, I have to be a hanging judge. Uh, No, Uh, no, that's not going to happen. Now, just a sidebar story, which you've been hearing, but I find fascinating. It was 1932, the last time 
a judge was thrown off the bench, recalled here in California. Now, I had mentioned 1986 when uh, Chief Justice Rose Byrd and two colleagues on the state Supreme Court were tossed because even though capital punishment was the law of the land, uh, Chief Justice Rose Byrd effectively said, I don't believe in capital punishment and overturned every single capital uh, punishment case that went before her. She didn't affirm one death sentence. And uh, you can't do that when the law says capital punishment is part uh, is the law here in California. So it wasn't a decision based on uh, procedural errors, which is how uh, decisions are overturned. Something was wrong with the case. Evidence was withheld, whatever. Hers was simply, I don't believe in this. Uh, wrong. Now, she wasn't recalled. What happened, it was a regular retention election. She was up for election. In California, it is uh, every judge actually goes to uh, at the end of a term has to be reelected, which is why you see in the ballot judicial elections, which no one ever pays attention to, ever. I mean, no one has any idea other than friends and family, maybe cousins of the judge, and though they get two votes. So that doesn't matter. No one cares. But at the point where there's re-election, she got bounced, which is a big, big deal. So uh, let me spend five seconds talking about why I don't think that judges uh, should be or will be discouraged from being lenient. Because this is not leniency. This is right into crazy. When a judge takes a rapist, oh, this was digital penetration, and so that's not the same as when you're talking about a penetration rape, but it's still unconscious, intoxicated woman and commits a sexual act upon her in which she, he, he, that person should get a lot of years and get six months and does only three months, that is a decision from a judge that makes no sense. I can't imagine any other judge in the state making a decision like that. And it takes this kind of a decision for a recall to be started. Recalls are expensive. There has to be, uh, a, there have to be signatures gathered. Uh, people have to devote themselves full-time. And they're not going to do that unless it is so offensive, which this decision was. It is so crazy that uh, it's, it's an outlier decision. It's aberrational. So I don't think judges have anything to worry about. I do think that judges are going to go uh, absolutely crazy. Well, no, they're not. They're, uh, I'm just thinking, is it possible for judges to go the other way? No. Although, has there ever been a judge has been recalled because the sentence was too harsh? No. Why? Because we don't care. Right? Criminals. Do you care if someone gets life? Someone... You know, Alice Johnson, do you care she got life without parole for hustling 5,000 pounds of uh, drugs? No. She could have. uh, Who cares? Well, uh, Kim Kardashian cares. And the president cares about Kim Kardashian. All right. Another Trump may be in the FBI crosshairs. And I'll explain that. Boy, I'll tell you, uh, Trump, if it isn't the president, it's his family. KFI AM 640. I walk around, I walk up my shadow.
here on a uh, Thursday morning. Uh, some of the big stories that we're covering. Uh, one of the bigger ones is the president has commuted the sentence of Alice Johnson, serving life imprisonment uh, without the possibility of parole for her. And I keep, they keep on saying this first time offender. And the and downplay the fact that she was head of a cartel that was importing thousands of pounds of drugs into the U.S. Please. All right. And then the volcanoes, a story I'm going to cover in the news uh, about uh, the volcanoes, particularly the one in Guatemala, uh, which Jennifer Jones Lee said they have now stopped all rescue of uh, all rescue uh, attempts mainly because it's over anyways. I'm surprised that they're still calling it rescue as opposed to recovery. Yeah, they're saying because it started raining. Yeah, and the so ash. You put the rain with the still hot lava, then it's just too dangerous. And I'm assuming that even with the ash, it, when the rain comes, it solidifies. And oh, becomes, sure. It becomes rock. Sure. All right. All right, uh, another story about the uh, Trumps and the Russians, uh, which is, uh, of course... One of uh, the big aspects of the Mueller investigation. As a matter of fact, it is the entire point of the Mueller investigation. And uh, so another Trump is now being accused, being part and parcel of it. Except this is a much bigger deal than it should. And I think it convolutes the entire story. And I think it aids uh, the narrative of uh, the Trump administration saying uh, that this is a witch hunt. And it's a story uh, about Ivanka Trump that during the campaign, she connected with uh, her father's lawyer, Cohen, Michael Cohen, with a Russian athlete who offered to introduce Donald Trump, then candidate Donald Trump, to Vladimir Putin to facilitate a 100-story Trump Tower in Moscow. Uh, Now, no evidence at all that her contact with this athlete, uh, former Olympic weight liver, uh, weight lifter, weight liver, weight lifter, Dmitry Klokov was illegal. Nor is there any evidence connecting any of this with the election. Nor is it clear that he could even introduce Trump to the Russian president. Because there's a lot of braggadocio that goes on in these circumstances. But uh, congressional investigators have reviewed emails, questioned witnesses, as uh, has uh, Robert Mueller, his team. And what this really does is nail Michael Cohen. Although I think it just adds to who he is. Not only is he the president's uh, for- former personal lawyer and fixer, uh, but uh, he was involved in almost everything that Donald Trump did business-wise. Of course, Cohen is under criminal investigation. And uh, he played uh, a huge role in uh, the deals that Trump did, uh, including this effort to build uh, the tallest tower in Europe, in Moscow. And in the fall of 2015, that was well underway. Cohen negotiated with his guy Felix Slater, uh, a longtime business associate uh, with President Trump, and agreed upon a Russian developer to build the tower. Trump, Donald Trump personally signed a non-binding letter of intent. Uh, this was on the very day of the third Republican debate to allow this Russian developer to brand the tower with Trump's name. Now, a quick word about this. Uh, Trump wasn't president at that time. And even if it could be argued conflict of interest, 
Uh, this was done, I think the law doesn't talk about a conflict of interest in the campaign. Uh, the other thing about any potential conflict is the president is exempt from any allegation or any procedure involving a conflict of interest, which is the law. president can do whatever he wants. The president can cut deals all day long with people that want access to the presidency and uh, even show undue influence in decisions that the administration makes. president is absolutely not liable for any conflict. So here is the story. Uh, Ivanka Trump contacts this former weightlifter having to do with this building of this tower. No meeting was ever held. And... And it's during the campaign, and it's a business deal. Okay? Thank you. Now what? Now, normally, you'd have a candidate bailing out of any business dealings at all, based on uh, the fact, even during the campaign, because the appearance of a conflict. Donald Trump doesn't care about appearances. He doesn't care if there is a conflict. He'll conflict all day long. That's a verb now, to conflict. And uh, so this is very small potatoes, which if you incorporate this into the big potatoes, the average is medium-sized potatoes, and it should only be the big potatoes, unless they're mashed potatoes. You figure that one out, because I have no idea how that works. All right, uh, coming up at 8 o'clock, a success from scratch segment. You like ice cream? Everybody does. You'll love this story. KFI AM 640. Spray the whipped cream for at least an hour. Pile it as high as the Eiffel Tower. Loaded with nuts, about 16 ton. Top it with the pizza, just for fun. Banana split for my baby. KFI AM 640 handle here, and it's time for a success from scratch. Brought to you by Lifteek. Look years younger without facelift surgery. Go to Lifteek.com. All right, JM has a company called Creamistry. Do I have that right? Yes, sir. Creamistry, which uh, as I looked at that, I go, okay, that's weird enough. And he's local here in Orange County, or there in Orange County, because we're in Burbank. And has uh, a rather interesting story. Uh, well, first of all, tell me what Creamistry is. Uh, Creamistry is a made-to-order liquid nitrogen ice cream concept. Uh, all of our products are, are customized, made-to-order. What, what does that mean, made-to-order? I mean, I go in, is it a store? Yes, it is. All right, so I walk into the store. What am I seeing? Uh, you won't find your typical freezers or ice cream already made uh, as your uh, typical ice cream shop. Everything is handcrafted when you order it. Uh, customers come in. Uh, they have the ability to choose from multiple different ice cream bases, uh, such as our premium, our organic, and our vegan line. Uh, once you pick your ice cream base, you choose from over 50 different flavors, mix-ins, and toppings, and everything is hand-prepared right in front of you. And then our creamologists uh, inject liquid nitrogen, freezing the liquid mixture right on contact. All right, so uh, I'm looking at a picture, and what you have is... I think, what, a 20-ounce uh, sort of a disposable uh, paper cup, except that it is uh, clear, so it's plastic, so you can see all the way through it. And so explain this to me. You put the ice cream 
Uh, it's a liquid ice cream or a liquid... Uh... It, it starts off as a liquid base. Okay. And then we and, put in all the flavorings and, and we hand so, mix it. And then you hand mix it and then uh, uh, it, you put... Where do you put the liquid nitrogen? Yes. And then once uh, once we hand mix your recipe, we pour it into a, a mixer. And once the mixer gets going, we pull down a handle and inject the liquid nitrogen, freezing the mixture right on contact. And then we scoop it into a cup. Uh, and that is our line of uh, customized... Creations. Yeah, and that's a great idea. I mean, customized ice cream uh, made on site. Uh, does it have a different texture? Absolutely. Uh, because liquid nitrogen is so cold, it's negative 321 degrees. It doesn't allow ice crystals to form, uh, and we only use the highest quality ingredients. Okay, but how uh, a good ice cream doesn't have ice crystals. Most ice cream on the market does have ice crystals it does. because it takes time to freeze the liquid mixture. All right. So, uh, but it tastes very smooth. I mean, there's nothing crunchy our, or anything in good ice cream. So our ice is, cream is very dense and velvety and okay. rich and creamy. All right. So, there, so it is more dense. It's like a premium ice cream. Yes, sir. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, would I be able to tell that it's different than the best quality ice cream out there? Absolutely. Uh, there's, uh, in the ice cream industry, uh, there's something called overrun, which is how much air is mixed into the product. Our product has zero air mixed in. When we start with a six-ounce scoop of ice cream in liquid form, you get a six ounces oh, interesting. of ice cream. Got it. And it's and ultra keep, dense and smooth. And you keep liquid nitrogen tanks on site? Yes. And fill them up with a liquid nitrogen vendor that comes out and fills them up? Yes. That's fantastic. <laughs> All right. So now let's get to the heart of this. Uh, where did this come from? Um, the original concept came from Korea. My wife and I were traveling in Korea in the early 2000s. Uh, we were walking the streets, and we saw a street vendor making ice cream by hand using liquid nitrogen. Uh, she had the liquid nitrogen in a coffee craft, and she was pouring into a bowl, mixing it, and there was this uh, smoke show that grabbed our attention. And when we saw that concept, we thought, what a great idea to bring it to America and, and do a full retail store. And um, it took some time, but uh, in 2013, we opened the first store in Irvine. And it was a great success from then. Okay, the base, uh, I assume you manufacture it, and do you buy an ice cream base? Uh, it's, a, it's a proprietary mix. Uh, it's our uh, custom formula. Uh, it's a rich 16% butterfat uh, mixture. Uh, but we also offer a lower uh, butterfat organic line as well as non-dairy options. Okay, so what do you use uh, your vegan, your non-dairy base? What, what do you use for that? Uh, we have a, a vegan coconut. A base, uh, and soon we'll be launching our uh, almond and cashew base. No, and we those those have flavors to them. Uh, those are, we start off with a neutral base okay. with no flavor, and then customers can add any flavor they like. All right, so you have this idea. You you picked up in uh, Korea. You come here and open your first uh, retail store. Uh, where, first of all, how much money did it cost to set it up, and uh, what does the store look like? Um, our typical stores. Oh, first store uh, that we opened up Irvine is fourteen hundred square feet. Uh, my wife and I, um, we spent about a year under construction getting it going. It's a big deal. Yes, it was. A, it was a. It was a challenge in the beginning. Yeah, and I'm assuming uh, you did or did not have investors. We didn't have investors, um, but we grounded up all the money okay. we can. That's credit, typical. Credit card savings, oh, good for money you. from parents. And what was it successful day one? Luckily, uh, we were. Uh, we soft opened on a Wednesday, and the moment we opened. Uh, my wife and I, we said, let's open the door. Let's not advertise. Let's just get some No practice. marketing at all. No marketing at all. Uh, very little. Um, and we were supposed to have an official grand opening about uh, two weeks later. 
but we soft opened, invited some people uh, to come try our ice cream, and within about an hour, there were about 300 people in line. Boy, you tell me that's not a successful business, huh? All right. What I want to do is uh, take a break, uh, Jay, and then come back and talk about your story, okay. where you came from, uh, the business, your parents. I mean, it's a great story. Uh, so we'll be back with uh, Jay uh, Kim of Cremastry, uh, an ice cream store uh, that actually is probably anything but very unusual ice cream. And uh, we'll return right after this. KFI AM 640. And Click and buy your house about 245 With my sidewalk, Sunday strawberry surprise I got a cherry popsicle Cause I'm your ice cream man And I'm a one-man band And I'm your ice cream man, baby, I'll be good to you And back we are, Handle here and the morning crew uh, Success from Scratch segment uh, Jay Yim of uh, Cremistry in Orange County, and this is ice cream that is made with liquid nitrogen. As Kim explains, uh, there's a base uh, that uh, stuff is put into it, a bunch of different toppings. It's mixed up, put into a cup, and then liquid nitrogen is inserted, and boom, it's instant. I- it's ice cream made in a matter of just, what, a second or two, and uh, the store uh, how many stores do you have now? Uh, we currently have 55 stores uh, open and 15 and more under construction. And they're all yours or they're franchise? Oh, they're franchise. So why did you decide to go franchise and not just open up your own stores? Uh, our first store when we opened Irvine uh, was very successful. And from day one, we had a lot of people asking us if uh, we were interested in franchising the concept. Um, in the beginning, we had no um, uh, plan to franchise, uh, but there was so much um, demand for it. Uh, about a year later, we decided to franchise. And so you have one company-owned store? Yes, sir. And then the rest are all franchised. Yes, sir. So you're in the franchise business yes. now. All right. So let's talk about your background because it uh, it's quite a background with your family. Uh, and uh, according to the information I have, uh, Jay was born into a family of Korean bakers. Let's start talking about that. Yes, sir. Um my background has a long history of bakery. It started off with my grandfather in Korea. He had a chain of bakery and ice cream shops throughout Southern California. So he uh, was rich. <laughs> he was successful. I mean, he did well. Okay. He, did, he did well. All right. Uh, and did that transfer down to your folks? Yes, sir. Um, we moved here when I was three years old. From Korea? Yes. And my father uh, started uh, a bakery chain called Crown Bakery. Uh, he opened eight locations throughout Southern California. They were large uh, 5,000 to 7,000 square foot uh, bakeries. And... Uh, my wife and I, uh, we were dating since high school, and since then we were uh, working in the bakeries, managing um, a couple of, of his bakeries, and uh, since then my wife has always wanted to open up an ice cream shop. It was just something she wanted to open, so you had no, no experience other than the bakery business, uh, and uh, her thing was an ice cream shop? Why? She just liked ice cream? Uh, she was fascinated by it, um, and she was always in the kitchen um, playing around with the ingredients and and when she first saw the liquid nitrogen concept, she thought it was uh, a game-changing idea. Yeah, which it is. Uh, I mean, clearly. Uh, had you not done this, would you be in the bakery business today, managing, running some of the bakeries? I'm sure I would have been. I'm sure I would have uh, taken over my dad's uh, bakery. Um, yeah, but um, I enjoy ice cream and a the lot family, more. <laughs> love, and it's your baby. Uh, and the family still has the bakeries? Uh, no. My dad uh, sold the chain about eight years ago and retired. Oh, good for him. All right, so um, uh, 
you obviously come from a family of entrepreneurs. And uh, so from the time you first saw this, uh, was it one of those, we have to do it right now, you come back to the United States and you start going balls to the wall to start this business going? Um, not initially. Uh, we thought it was a great concept when we first saw it. Uh, when we came back, it was a big challenge to actually uh, implement it. Uh, we had uh, challenges coming with the re- coming up with a recipe, um, acquiring liquid nitrogen, and just coming up with the whole system. Uh, it took us several years, but um, you know it was just uh, experimenting in a, in our garage for a couple of years. Yeah, where do you get liquid nitrogen? You go to the liquid nitrogen store. Um, yeah, go to a liquid nitrogen vendor. Okay, yeah. just, uh, just curious. So uh, let's talk about your background. Uh, schooling, uh, any uh, university? Or uh, some college, um, but didn't, didn't really finish it. I was always in the uh, working force. Worked okay. at, worked at uh, managed a Chinese restaurant a long time ago. Uh, Not a Korean dad's. restaurant. Uh, Chinese restaurants. Okay. Uh, I also uh, managed a couple of my dad's bakeries. Um, so you have plenty of experience in retail. Uh, when you open the store, I have not been to one of your uh, stores, which I will go to. Uh, what uh, is there a theme in there? Is there? Uh, uh, do you have a? Uh, uh, well, exactly. Yeah. Do you have a theme? It's uh, very uh, chemistry like. Okay. Uh, very bright, clean. Uh, a lot of people say if uh, Apple were to open up an ice cream shop, it would look like a chemistry store. Um, we have uh, yeah, it's just open space. Uh, we have four mixers on the counter. So it's all, uh, it's all, everybody can see everything is going on. Yes. Because the technology is, is, is so neat. Uh, did you bring in a designer to design the store, or is this all you? Uh, we worked with a professional designer uh, from day one. All right, so let's uh, talk about where they are. There are 55 of these. Uh, and when did you start, by the way, Jay? The first store opened in 2013. We started franchising in 2014. So uh, over the last five years, uh, even five years, uh, four years, you're now at uh, 55 stores and you have another, what, 14 under construction? Is that what you said? We have another 14 under construction. Uh, So uh, where are they? Here we are in Burbank, San Fernando Valley, Orange County. Uh, Where are are they located? Uh, Most of our stores are in Southern California. We have stores in Northern California, uh, soon to open in Las Vegas. Uh, We have stores in Arizona, uh, Texas. Uh, Our next grand opening is this Friday in Buford, uh, Georgia. Buford. Yes. You go to Buford, Georgia? Will be. You will be there. Yes. Uh, you know, they've never even seen a Korean in Buford, Georgia. You know that, don't you? I wasn't aware. Yeah, I'll just tell you. You get to go there. All right. Uh, so uh, let me tell you, uh, well, not you, uh, Jay. Uh, I'm, assur- I'm, I'm assuming you have a website where people can find out the locations. Yes, creamistry.com. And creamistry, and that's cream, uh, istry, I-S-T-R-Y. Uh, it's like chemistry, except it's creamistry. And uh, I'm uh, I'm assuming you're never going to be able to buy the stuff in the store, right? Like Hagen Dazs ice cream. Uh, we do have grab and go pints that we can um, and just put up them in the, the freezer. Stores. Yes. Oh, so you we will be able to see these in the stores at some point. Um, not in the supermarkets, but we sell them in, uh, in our stores, and we also do deliveries through our delivery platforms. Got it. All right, uh, Jay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, terrific, terrific idea. I love this. I really do. Okay, uh, handle here. And the morning crew. Jay, thank you. Thank this you. is uh, KFI AM 640. Okay. Uh, Jennifer- Handle on the news. Late edition. Handle on the news. And last but not least. Bill Handle. Any power you want to tell us about? I don't, I don't have one. Um, I, I just saw the ad. You're in. And now. 
Here's Bill Handel. Okay, it's a Thursday, June the 7th. Handel and uh, the morning uh, crew. And a uh, quick word about our Instagram. Uh, that is now up at Bill Handel Show. Uh, probably the most unusual gift I have ever received. I do get gifts. By the way, gifts are appreciated. Please send them uh, to KFI, 3400 West uh, Olive Suite, 550 Burbank, 91. Uh, was it 91505? Yeah. yeah, so gifts are always appreciated. Uh, and I get them even when uh, the staff here gets them. I keep them. So it all works out. Great Instagram where I talk about the gift that I received. Now, I'm not looking at drumming up more gifts. Oh, oh well done. Nicely done. At Bill Handel Show. All right, guys. Uh, Handel on the News, late edition. Let's do it. Lead story. That I'm thankful for the blessing and the lesson. All right, Alice uh, Johnson. Commuted, her sentence commuted by President Trump. She's out, and she is thrilled. She was on uh, CNN saying, thank you, Mr. President, for really seeing me, not just looking at some data about my crime, but actually looking at the person who I have become now and have faith that I deserve a second chance in life. Here's Alice. This moment right now is happening because President Trump had mercy on me. And I'd like to tell him that, please... Please remember us, the others who have been left behind, because there are so many. And uh, she also said uh, to the president, uh, would you like a couple of grams of cocaine? <laughs> it's free for you. Oh, look at me. You don't I'm like a... this. I hate it. I hate it for a couple of reasons. I, no, you know what I hate? The um, No, what I do hate is the way it's being reported. First time offender. I don't like the hypocrisy, how it's totally, he's anti-drug, and it's going to be uh, just, we're going to nail these drug dealers, even drug users, except for this case, because Kim Kardashian asked for it. And I rarely have a problem uh, with people actually doing drugs. I don't think they should be in jail. I really don't. You can snort all you want. I don't care as long as you leave me alone. Don't burglarize me when uh, you're uh, hard up for drugs and you need to sell some stuff. So what is it in federal prison? What's the percentage of people that are in jail for drug offenses? Enormous, isn't it? Uh, it's well over 40%. I mean, it's depends crazy. on which uh, yeah. district the case is. I mean, it's just crazy. Of. So I'm fine with drugs. Now, do drug dealers, and drugs are not wonderful things. Methamphetamine is a real problem. Uh, certainly opioids are a real problem. Uh, the problem is of all the people that deserve going to jail is this woman and staying in jail. 5,000 pounds of this stuff over four years. This is not a small amount. This is major, and she was connected to cartels on top of that. So, yeah, I've got a problem with it. And it was Kim Kardashian who uh, meets with the president and says, oh, by the way, uh, do me a favor. Uh, let this lady out. If it had been Chloe, you would have been cool with it? Uh, I would have been more cool with it. Family members, yeah. I would have been more cool, yeah. Well, speaking of Kim's, here's one who apparently got on his hands and knees and begged for it. That's what Rudy Giuliani says anyway when it comes to Kim Jong-un wanting to reschedule that summit after President Trump canceled it. I don't know what Giuliani is still doing being the attack dog for the president. What is the good of this? 
Kim Jong-un begged him on his hands and knees begging the president to reschedule the conference, the summit. I think there's ever a moment when the president hears Giuliani start to speak and he goes, shh. You just I don't know. No, because because that there. narrative suits President Trump just fine. Yeah. But the president was actually much more graceful about the whole thing, saying, hey, I think we're totally over it. We're going to deal. We're going to start a really uh, uh, really start a process. And then Giuliani goes successful. What and if, Giuliani kind of could potentially screw it up. What if Kim Jong Un were to cancel based on this? Right. Because we apparently canceled because he called or somebody in his group called uh, Mike, Mike Pence, Pence a dummy. Yeah. So couldn't we, he could easily come back and go. That would change the narrative. This would change the story about Giuliani. Uh, The head of Guatemala's disaster management agency is facing calls to step down. People over there say he botched this volcano response. Now, it happened pretty quickly, this volcano. And uh, there's, you have to handle the, you have to hand out the blame somewhere. Someone's always responsible, no matter what. Now, uh, I guess the good news is uh, that they're not blaming him for the volcano, but they are blaming him uh, in terms of the response. Okay, so be it. I, and and we, uh, other than this, I haven't heard any criticism of how they responded. No, and it's a it's one particular political party over there that's spearheading yeah. this effort for him. So there there may be a political angle here as well. Yeah. Well, the mom and boyfriend of little eight year old Gabriel Fernandez, who was beaten and starved they're going to be sentenced today and they should she is already pled guilty life in prison without possibility of parole Mm -hmm. for her role and his role the boyfriend is uh even considered more serious that they're saying that uh the allegation is that he's the one that actually beat uh young gabriel because he thought he was gay right beat him to death Mm -hmm. and uh, she just allowed it to happen the jury wants the boyfriend to get the death penalty. Oh, yep. Oh, yeah. And I think it's I think it's going to happen. Well, it's going to happen in that it will be pronounced. Will it ever happen? Oh, happen? Not. No, of course not. Frankly, I would like him to get uh, life imprisonment without the possibility of parole uh, and put in the general population oh, instead yeah. of the protected, yep. uh, protected area of death row. I couldn't. He, agree go, with he you goes more. out there killing an eight-year-old child, torturing an eight-year-old child. The stuff he did yeah. to that child can you, can you, should be done to him. Yeah. Can you imagine Just what the population gross. of the prison would do to him? Oh. And it, not only does he deserve it, I don't think that I think they should leave him alone. For a year or two. So he's constantly looking over his shoulder, wondering when it's going to happen. When is he going to get shanked? When is he going to beat up, be, get beat up to a pulp? Be to a pulp. All right, take a break, come back, and we'll finish up. Handle on the news, late edition. handle here on a Thursday, June 7th. Uh, some of the big stories that we're covering is uh, the president, of course, commuting the sentence of Alice Johnson, drug dealer extraordinaire. The volcanoes uh, are uh, still a happening. Guatemala, it's still not over. All right, let's go back and finish up Handle on the News, late edition. Jennifer Jones, Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. And uh, you remember the the people who were working at the embassy in Havana? Some of them started to get this weird mystery illness, and they thought maybe they were being targeted with some kind of weird sound weapon. 
Well, now it's happening in China, too. Same symptoms, same mystery of not being able to identify a cause. They're thinking of high-frequency sound, maybe, death rays, maybe. Remember the movie Scanners? With that that high street where their heads heads exploded? Maybe it's that. Except luckily nobody's heads exploded. So they're bringing them back uh, to the University of Pennsylvania that's looking into this with these people. Well, blank prescription forms have been taken from the USC Student Health Center. were forged. Yep. Not very many. They're talking about five forgeries, but still, uh, they think they were taken, uh, what, a couple of years ago, actually. Uh, but now uh, they're trying to figure out who had them. But if it's only five, it's going to... That's pretty amazing that it was only five if yeah, you took a they whole were, pad. Because they, they come in pads of, yeah. what, 30, 40 at a time? I think the worst part of this story is considering USC is already dealing with that gyne- uh, the but gynecologist there, but there's scandal. No, but there's no connection. Right. But I'm okay. just saying it's just one more thing now that USC has to worry about. A woman in San Francisco charged with murder. Mm. Murder plus. Lisa Gonzalez is her name. Apparently, she had a roommate, and she wanted the roommate to move out, and the roommate didn't move out. So according to police, she killed her and chopped her up and put her parts in bags and put them in a storage unit. Now, if they had discovered uh, the uh, the bags outside, which is what I would do, put it in a dumpster, she then, then it's fair to say that the roommate would have or did move out in pieces. Oh, my goodness. This is, by the way, this is a legitimate fight they had. I mean, legitimate in the sense that this was a real argument. Because when someone gets chopped up at the end of an argument, man, that's serious, isn't it? Maybe not. Jen? Well, (laughs) (laughs) thanks, Wayne. This uh, next story is almost... Better than the last story because at least they just used acid bombs. They didn't chop people up. Trying to find some way to segue. Yeah. There was this homeowner and another guy who used acid bombs to scare a couple of people out of this apartment off the back of the garage. And uh, (laughs) they... Apparently, they say the one guy is saying, yeah, I knew that there were acid bombs and I knew that it would explode, but I didn't really know it would be a big deal. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> That's the old, what he said to cops. I get it. The old acid bomb uh, scaring people away. Hey, big deal kind of thing. And not a good, a big that's deal. not going to be a good defense. It really isn't. <laughs> uh, you don't want to order a pizza from uh, Primo Pizza for a little while. And he probably won't because it's in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Right. But uh, an employee there is accused of putting rat poison in the shredded cheese. And they have him on video mm-hmm. putting rat poison in the shredded cheese. Now, the issue is, were the pizzas better tasting because of that? Don't know. But he's in a little Even bit of trouble, Even if they too. were, you wouldn't live to write a good Yelp review about uh, it. That's true. Candle's on fire this morning. There is a man in South Carolina, a white guy, who managed a restaurant who apparently has pleaded guilty to forcing a black cook to work for years without pay, and he used to beat him, too. The cook is disabled. This is pure This is slavery. This is is one of those where this guy is going to go down for years. He's looking up to 20 years in prison. And uh, if I were the judge, I'd give it to him. Uh, Now, I don't know if there's any mitigating circumstances, but it's going to be 
tough. I mean, there, I mean, years. This guy, it, it, this John Christopher Smith, has been working at this cafeteria since he was 12. He's now 40. Oh. They say that the the guy who's accused apparently beat him with a belt, punched him, hit him with pots and pans, yeah. and burned him on his bare neck with oh, tongs. That's crazy. That's crazy. Here's another story uh, which shouldn't have happened. Uh, but, you know, the races of the people are in the story, so I'll say them, but it's a black woman at a Target, and she goes to leave, and then a black security officer grabs her and says... You know, you stole something, and then another employee, a second security guy who's white, comes over. They drag her through the whole store back to the security office, yelling that she had stolen bikini panties. They, according to her, make her expose herself. She stole nothing. It was Target has apologized, and the, the first security officer who grabbed her has been fired. Right. And then we'll see what happens after that. Incidentally, that's a hell of a lawsuit. Yes. Because oh, they, yeah. they're they screaming that she stole uh, the item while they're dragging her through the store in front of customers. And just real quickly, who still has a landline? I do. I do. Wayne? I just got rid of mine. Okay. Alex? Uh, Alex? Yep, still got one. Uh, John, do you know what a landline is? That'll be a no because I don't have one. Okay. Well, more than half of U.S. households have ditched their landlines. No phone, no phone. I just want to be. Yeah, and that is, it was only 15% in 2006. 12 years later, 53.9%. And it is going away very quickly. Uh, Neil Saavedra has not had a landline forever. There's so many people that don't. Uh, I do for a couple of reasons. In case the internet goes down, I want a landline. We use it as a backup. Well, actually not. We use it all the time because I have crap service in my area. (laughs) And I can't get decent service where I live. I think we're done. All right. Coming up, Brian Suits, Tactical Thursday instead of Tactical Tuesday. Actually, it's Tactical Tuesday on a Thursday. Or it's Factical Thursday. Oh, very good. KFI AM 640. You've come to fight as three men. And three men you are. Pack your bags, fellas. War's over. Oh, that's brilliant, Bumpkin. Because we'll put a boot in your ass. It's the American way. Hey, Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his list. And a statue of liberty started shaking her fist. All right, KFI handle here on a... Thursday, June 7th, two days after the election. Sort of it's settling out. Uh, a couple things uh, before we get to Brian Suits. First of all, Law Day coming up on Saturday, June 16th from 9 to 2 o'clock at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. We do it every year. Over 100 legal experts giving good, not marginal legal advice in virtually every area of the law. And you can see one, you can see a dozen if you want. And I'll be broadcasting Handle on the Law there from 9 to 11 o'clock. Free seminars, prizes throughout the day. Log on to KFIAM640.com. The keyword is Law Day. And uh, one of the attorneys there and sponsor, uh, the People's Attorney of Southern California, Sweet James Bergner. Go to SweetJames.com. So it's Law Day 2018 on a Saturday, June 16th at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. All right. Oh, and before uh, we get to uh, Brian, uh, we have a short video on Instagram at Bill Handel Show. Uh, One, it's not the most uh, original strange gift I've ever received from a listener. 
uh, I, I got yesterday, looked at it this morning, is when it came to the office. And you'll see, it's a weird one. Nice, but weird. Okay, now, Brian Suits, heard uh, every weekend here on KFI, uh, Saturday, 10 to... Uh, Midnight, the yes, most downloaded podcast I know, at KFI. I know. Sorry, 10 to midnight, I just lost it for a moment. More downloaded than Handle on the Law. Yeah, and uh, is that true? true. Probably. True. Not that many people. Uh, well, you know why? Because I'm on at 10 at night. Yeah, that's probably true. You know who else has an enormous downloadability? Don't care. Is I know you don't. Is uh, Dean Sharp. Really? Not even close to me. He has insane numbers. Are you, have well, you then looked? mine are double insane. Are they? Yeah. Okay. See, I just listen to you uh, on the air. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's very topical. Yeah. I wish I I don't have my breaking news music. I don't know if I, we're we're probably wasting too much time with this anyway. But there is our long national nightmare is over. Kenny Loggins is going to re-record "Highway to the Danger Zone" for Top Gun Two. So you can you can rest easy. By the way, it is full title: Top Gun Two Maverick. And you know who is returning? Not just Tom Cruise. You know you know who else is officially signed on to Top Gun Two? Val Kilmer. Val. Frickin' Kilmer, all 800 pounds of him. Yeah, he's a pretty good-sized guy. Yeah, he's not going to be Iceman. I believe he's going to be Iceberg. <laughs> and that's that's what I don't know. Did I Glacier. interviewed him a few years ago. He total was, weirdo. He was in a musical, Moses. No. Uh, yeah, he was. He actually was singing in a musical, uh, and it was the worst musical I have ever, ever seen in my life. It was a genuine Even piece the of Red crap. Sea? I mean, here's what Same. I actually, what I said, because they had, uh, they asked me, uh, they had bought a, a campaign on KFI and uh, they asked me for a quote and I wouldn't give them a, a good quote because it was terrible. Is there anything good you can say about, is there anything True good to you the can Torah. say? <laughs> no, and I said, uh, and I literally said, it, it was about the Red Sea. I said, you know, the Red Sea parting was kind of neat. That was it. And that was the quote they used. Oh, also, he was so stoned. He, his eyes yeah. were rolling. He was glazed. He was, oh, it was just, hey, man. So he's hey. apparently going to get cut back down. You know, Tom Cruise is in good shape. Always has been. Yeah. But, but uh, right. I'm defending really Val. I'm defending Val. He was delightful. I got to interview him a couple of times. I have adored him both times. Stoned? I am No, yeah, he was he not was stoned. He ripped. was awesome. Yeah, he, was. he was ripped I am out team of his Val. Mind. Okay. Back. Well, he's he's Iceman. He'll be back. Yeah. Kazanski. By the way, that was very funny, Iceberg. I like that. <laughs> that was very good. Okay, guys. Uh, let's start talking about uh, some of the things that are going on. This right. time next week. Yep. Uh, the president is meeting with Kim Jong-un. Uh, what are we going to see out of that? Uh, not not big uh, picture uh, not big picture politics, but militarily, what are we going to see out of that? Um, the you'll pr- probably not any firm reduction in North Korean nukes. What what they're really managing expectations way better than they were two months ago. Remember, two months ago it was going to be complete nuclear disarmament by North Korea, and they'll be it'll be turned into a kiddie park and the whole thing. And and then either Trump started paying attention to the PowerPoint or something. But he officially cut off that talk with that letter when he canceled it three weeks ago. Remember that? Yeah. Or two weeks ago. So ne- then they reset. Now the new reset is that this is a great start. Can't wait to begin talking and finding common ground. What you're probably going to see this time next week um, and, and, and in the morning, because that'll be late. That'll be, uh, you know, late, uh, early Friday morning uh, over there is uh, the announcement of the next set of talks. 
Um, so that's how this is going to go. There's not going to be any announcement that the North Koreans are going to uh, denuclearize or whatever. There might be an announcement that a uh, committee has been formed to set the conditions to sign a peace treaty uh, on the on the peninsula, which was a UN action. We were never so, you know at hey, war. Now, with do North you Korea, see, but... now do you see a peace treaty actually being signed? Not there, obviously, but soon thereafter between North and South Korea, formal peace treaty, which means nothing, by the way. Yeah, it's, but it's symbolic, and I I do because and why? Because the North Koreans will get something out of it. They want economic development for they they want to uh, on the east coast of North Korea. There's a city called Wonsan. And they want to turn it into a Vegas with a beach. They want Kim Jong Un wants Macau, um, and Macau is 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 a Chinese possession, but it's the Vegas of Asia. Uh, and Kim Jong Un's older brother, the one he whacked, used to go there all the time. He was famous for for gambling there. But Kim wants a a, a Vegas zone in North Korea. He knows that only we can help him develop that. Uh, and so he, why he wants a why, piece. Wait, of wait, that. Japan, Singapore, oh. Malaysia. Have you ever been to a Japanese casino? No, only we can do this. This is our thing. Sheldon Adelson's probably going to do it. And funny you mentioned that. You know who owns a huge hotel in Singapore, a four, a three-tower hotel with a roof uh, joining the three towers th- uh, that's sh- uh, shaped and looks like the Titanic. It looks like the right. Titanic. Sheldon Adelson. Yeah, it, oh, that's his? Marina Bay in Singapore. Oh, I didn't know that was his. Guess whose campaign he contributed to. So they're, they're uh, Donald Trump. And so the deal is... A lot of American security, a lot of American special operations guys. This is like the world's largest infinity pool at Singapore. Yeah, on top of the building. Yeah. And these guys are sending selfies. These are like these buff dudes with all this facial hair sending selfies from the rooftop garden at Sheldon Adelson's hotel. And so it's probable that Trump's uh, posse will stay there. The meeting will happen somewhere else. <clears throat> but it, it's a very, Singapore is a very stable, secure place. For sure. We'll be right back. Uh, and uh, more with uh, Brian Suits. KFI handle here. It is a uh, Thursday. It's Tactical Tuesdays on a Thursday with uh, Brian Suits. And uh, was it Brian? You said oh, it's a week from today, right? Uh, and will it'll, it ha- yeah, it'll be taking the place summit. On, on our Wednesday, our Wednesday and Thursday, and scheduled to be only a day. Don't be surprised if it goes into overtime. And we are, uh, what time is it going to be our time? Will it happen during this show, the opening? Uh, it'll be, it'll be uh, at 6 a.m. here. It, it'll be late, late, late Thursday night. Got it. Almost Friday morning. And, and yes, we are paying for the North Korean delegation and their hotels. It wasn't. No, it the, wasn't. It, I would think Singapore would. I mean, the Singapore tourists wind Bureau, up paying them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, how can how can they not? Because James Clapper, who you had on uh, last week, right? Um, he was talking about in 2014. He went to North Korea for some initial talks about stuff and junk, and he had a 12 course, this elaborate 12 course North Korean meal. And he thought, well, it's a, it's a state dinner, the whole thing. When he was done with the meal, they handed him a bill. That's fantastic. So no, you invited me here. Oh, that's and they handed him a bill. They they need money. Do you know how much? I it, it was like sixty seven fifty that's or old. something. You know, and and uh, and he said that's what they do. It's what the North Koreans do. That is absolutely hilarious. All right, so uh, let's move uh, in another direction. And this one just drives me completely crazy. Amnesty International is uh, now saying that the U.S. led airstrikes on Raqqa in Syria could amount to war crimes. It. it 
the only people that seem to be accused of war crimes are the United States and Israel. Yeah. Everybody else, Assad, for example, targeting hospitals with cluster bombs doesn't seem to be a problem with Amnesty International. No, but we bomb ISIS when we're the war criminals. Uh, and, uh, of course, Israel uh, and the border. Well, everything they do is a war crime. Uh, that's true. Yeah, when they wake up, it's a war crime to wake up in Israel. Uh, but it, in the case in the case of Rock, Amnesty International is going to fall on deaf ears on this one because it, it, you literally, to take their side, you're taking the side of ISIS. Raqqa, the same technique that we use in Fallujah was employed. Get out of Raqqa. You have a month to get out of Raqqa. You have three weeks to get out of Raqqa. You've got two weeks to get out of Raqqa. They didn't get out of Raqqa, and ISIS wasn't letting them get out of Raqqa. But at some point, uh, you know what? The, the Nazis didn't want people to get out of, of, of Nuremberg. At some point, you have to fight the enemy. It's traditional, I believe, in war to kill the enemy and and to get them out of Raqqa. Uh, yeah, they, we had to bomb the crap out of Raqqa. When uh, Amnesty International talks, do people actually listen? How much influence do they have on world affairs? Not much. They're, they like to portray themselves as the, the, the conscience of the world and the whole thing. And they, they do advocate for a lot of human rights things. And I think it's just that you got to pick your battles. This is not a good one. You're, you're, you're taking the side of ISIS saying, hey, you bombed ISIS too much. Okay. Well, uh, you know, and, and and ISIS, of course, they made sure that their knives were extra sharp so that no one suffered when they were being beheaded. You know, I guess. I, but uh, so Amnesty International is really barking up the wrong tree. So uh, go ahead. You were saying uh, I was going to change topic. Sure. Uh, the Afghan government has surprised the living crap out of the U.S. military in Afghanistan because they called a ceasefire. And this is with us advising the Afghan army with operations underway. The Afghan government came down and told their soldiers, unilateral ceasefire. We've never tried this in 17 years. Ramadan comes to an end next week. We're going to have a, a unilateral ceasefire between now and the end of Ramadan to right, show so, the Taliban what great guys we are. Now, uh, the I know, and I was watching a 60-minute interview uh, with the president of Afghanistan, and uh, he talked about sitting down with the Taliban and how they're still going to be there when the, the Americans leave. And they understand the second the Americans leave, this whole thing collapses. I mean, that was obvious. Do you see the Taliban and the Afghanis cutting a deal and just bypassing the United States completely? It's possible. And if they do that, what the uh, American commander, General Nicholson, said is we respect the decisions of the Afghan government. If they want to do that. Uh, they can do that, and we're going to have to respect it because we're not occupying the country. We're, we're advising them. If they say we're going to cut a peace deal with the Taliban, you Americans can do whatever you want, uh, then then they're going to do that. And then we're out of there in two seconds? Probably, and then the, the Taliban take over by the end of the year. The the Afghan government called together a jirga of, of, of holy scholars, of, of Islamic scholars last week, uh, who came together and declared without doubt that the use of violence is un-Islamic, and that all sides, especially the Taliban, should stop it. And they were promptly blown up by uh, an Afghan suicide bomber. I mean, a Taliban suicide bomber. So uh, do you think a deal is going to be cut? Uh, and it took, what, the IRA and uh, the government, the British government and the uh, North... Uh, 81 North years. Yeah, it's yeah. just crazy stuff. Do you, do you see a deal being cut? That the Taliban would have to stop believing that they were sent by God with a different way of life. Which may, I don't know, maybe that's negotiable. But, yeah, but this is but the Taliban actually of all the terrorist group actually came in and created a government. Yeah, I mean they yeah. they considered themselves a, a, a real nation state and actually did it. Ran post offices, uh, ran government, which you don't see many terrorist groups. And no, do. they no way way better than ISIS did. And they and had they on September twelfth two thousand one had they simply arrested their minister of defense Osama bin Laden, they'd still be in power. 
if they had said, oh, we got him and we're going to kick uh, Al Qaeda out of our country, but to leave us alone, they would still be in power. And uh, so they they might come to an accord. It would be nice to see because this this is a forever war. And I know people who did several tours in Afghanistan who are now saying goodbye to their sons who are going to Afghanistan. And that's when we become the British Empire at that point. Fantastic. Uh, what do you have going on? Is there any filling in for Gary and Shannon? When today? Oh, I didn't know on that. KFI and tomorrow. So uh, I'll be doing Tactical Thursday with Brian Suits at eleven, and then uh, and then other stuff. So the Gary and Shannon show. Excellent. And uh, any uh, personal stuff going on? I know you do a lot of appearances where you talk about stuff. Next Thursday in Carlsbad, uh, Dave and Buster's uh, information is up at uh, Twitter and. Facebook, and I'll be explaining when we come up why this the the scrotal hammock that you virtually endorsed yesterday or that you did endorse is a horrible idea. Okay, and horrible uh, idea, right? And he'll explain that was yesterday on uh, the Gary and <clears throat> Shannon show. It was actually Shannon and Jane Wells, and it was Shannon who came up with designing this idea. clothing. Don't women always complain when men design their clothing, like bras and yeah. flats and high heels? But this is a good idea. For those of you that it's, don't it's, know it's, what it's, it is, uh, it's a mesh device. It's sort of a hammock device uh, that if one has uh, the testicular part of your body uh, and it's uh, it as you sit on the toilet, it's, it goes a, a little bit too low and uh, you get wet ones. That is That doesn't really happen to anyone, though. Really? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Really? Get a squatty yeah, potty. Think so? you yeah. Really, you really think so? Okay. No, I'm going to leave it at that. And that's when you're Excuse urinating. <laughs> that is funny. Okay. Uh, we come back uh, and uh, the connection between gay cakes and the Muslim ban. You know, that's what Marjorie calls me, gay cakes, all the time. And uh, we'll be back. When, when John Thomas has a sleepover? <laughs> oh, God, yes. So we'll be back with that. Brian, thank you. Uh, filling in today for Gary and Shannon starting at 10 o'clock. He'll be here in about half an hour. KFI AM 640. All right, KFI handle here on a uh, Thursday. Uh, a couple of new Instagrams up on um, our social media on Instagram page at Bill Handle Show. And uh, they're kind of fun. One uh, with the gift that I got this morning or yesterday here at KFI. Uh, probably the most unusual gift I have re uh, received from a listener. And at uh, my house, I got a handle at home that my daughter does. And uh, you'll see. Uh, we have a freezer going in, and it's just a disaster. I take it out, and you'll, you'll see. It's, uh, it's a horrible situation. And it's gotten far worse. Uh, disaster is fair to say. So that's that Bill Handle show. Okay, now, uh, a word or two about uh, the gay cakes. And if you remember, if you remember, of course, uh, a few days ago, uh, the Supreme Court resolved the case of the Christian baker who refused to make a wedding cake for the same-sex couple. And it was uh, against the couple, sort of. See, everybody took it. It was uh, a decision that uh, gay folks do not necessarily have to be given a wedding cake uh, by a Christian baker. And that may extend to florists, et cetera, but that wasn't the case at all. It had to do with the uh, the commission, and I think it's the Colorado Equal, whatever the hell, commission, uh, that ruled uh, that the baker was wrong, and could not discriminate against a gay couple getting married. 
And here's what happened. Of course, uh, that was appealed instantly by uh, the uh, the baker. And then it went up, and it was that was upheld by the appellate court, and the Supreme Court went the other way and said, nope, Baker can go ahead and uh, discriminate against gay people. Of course, he argued religion. He also argued something pretty stupid. Uh, he argued that he is uh, he's creating a work of art when he does a cake, and therefore that's protected more on a uh, First Amendment religious grounds than just selling a product. It's art. It's a cake is what it is, okay? Uh, so the court didn't say much about that. Uh, but the issue of religion itself came up. Why? Because the original decision by the commission, and we're talking about uh, the Equal Rights Commission of Colorado, where the first complaint has to be made when you're talking about uh, discrimination, uh, uh, racial discrimination, religious discrimination, etc., uh, they ruled that uh, the two guys had a right to, in fact, have a gay marriage cake, a gay wedding cake. Well, here's what the court said, is you can't use religion to make an argument. But it wasn't against the baker. It was against the commission that used religion to decide. And it was an anti-religious message. If you look at the transcripts and what the commission said, it was nothing but religion. It was effectively, if you have a religious problem with uh, gay people getting married or gay people in general, you are the bigot. You are a horrible human being. You are not accepting reality. It's a new world. You, Your belief in, uh, the, in religion uh, is completely crazy and you can't do that. Well... That's the commission that was arguing on a religious basis in its decision. You can't do that. It's a state agency, and they're not allowed to use religion as a basis for any decision. Their own belief in religion. And that's what the court said that the commission did. Therefore, the commission's decision was wrong. I mean, not necessarily wrong in how it ruled, but wrong in the sense that the ruling was based on a religious preference. Anti-Christian, actually, if uh, you want to look at it. And the court said you can't do that. So it vacated the whole thing. Now, if it goes back and the commission rules the same way and says uh, and, and argues it in such a way as there's no religion involved, that may fly. Now, that's kind of interesting because uh, the court rules that it, it, the commission has hostility to religion in the wedding cake. Okay, fair enough. And the Trump administration joined, of course, uh, the, the baker and uh, said you can't have religion. Part of the argument, you can't have religion part of a decision by the government or any governmental entity. How about the Muslim ban? If you can't have religion at all, and you have uh, President Trump saying, I want a Muslim ban, straight out saying Muslim ban during the campaign, the question is, why is the commission not allowed to use religion? Which is, I agree with that, but you're allowed to use religion to ban travel. 
hmm, well, uh, and the court has to deal with that. And if it follows the, the lines that it has ruled on, its own precedence, uh, then the ban is going to have to fail on itself, on its face. Now, what Trump is going to argue is that that was merely rhetoric. And in fact, when the decision was made for the uh, travel ban, it was straight security of the United States. Really had nothing to do with Muslims. And the fact that Muslims primarily come from those countries, it's a security issue, nothing more. Which way is the Supreme Court going to go? You know what I I think the court is going to say there's enough of a security risk involved in that we're going to let the president go ahead and we're going to uphold the ban. That's my guess. That's the way I think it's going to work. Maybe yes, maybe no. I'm not the person sitting in a robe and pretending I'm a gospel choir member. I am just a guy sitting behind the radio who happens to be maybe a lawyer. Incidentally, I'm going to be doing hand on the law right after the show today where I'll take marginal legal questions for marginal legal advice. And that's starting at 10 o'clock. All right, when we come back, uh, something that I'm actually sort of kind of personally involved with, and this has to do with DIY gene editing. You can edit yourself, your own genes. But isn't that technically like completely insane? Yeah. You can edit the genes yourself. I'll tell you about that when we come back. KFI Handle here on a Thursday uh, coming up, uh, filling in for Gary and Shannon. It's uh, going to be uh, Brian Suits. Also, I am uh, taking phone calls starting at 11 o'clock or 10 o'clock to 11 for uh, the legal show off the air for future broadcast. 877-520-1150. And that'll start right at the top of the hour. Okay. Now, a story that I want to share with you is uh, about uh, DIY gene editing. Now, gene editing costs a zillion dollars. Hugely expensive equipment, uh, PhD scientists. Well, let me tell you what's going on. Uh, Like everything else, technology is improving And it's getting cheaper. What, the first uh, 3D printers? How many thousands of dollars were those? How many tens of thousands of dollars were those? You can get them for 500 bucks now. My brother bought one of the uh, first laser printers for his office. Five grand. Can you imagine paying $5,000 for a small laser printer that you can get for a couple hundred dollars except when it's on sale? And it's $129, except when that's on sale for $89. Yeah. Same thing is happening with uh, gene editing equipment. And who is doing it? Uh, Scientists? Well, yeah, if you consider teenager scientists. Young people. I mean, really young people. Uh, Story in the uh, New York Times about as a teenager. Keone Gandal was operating uh, a research laboratory in his bedroom. And uh, now, uh, what, six years later, uh, he already has bought gene editing equipment, and he's uh, balls-to-the-wall full-time researchers. And let me tell you, these people are crazy. There are no controls here. 
Uh, there's a biotech executive earlier this year with a company called Body Hacking Con. Well, he was at Body Hacking Con. It's like Comic Con, but it's body hacking. Imagine that. And uh, he injected himself what he hoped would be a herpes treatment. Uh, no. And then he went to Comic-Con and did some cosplay. And he did it as a new superhero, Shanker Man, because it just didn't work. And then there's another guy uh, who injected himself uh, with a homebrewed uh, genetic treatment for HIV. His viral load actually increased. So what is going on with this? See, the problem is this is where the laws do not catch up with technology. Is there any kind of restrictions? No. Uh, These companies that are manufacturing gene editing, I'm talking about a few hundred bucks for a machine uh, that allows you to do this. I mean, it's crazy. And the laws simply haven't caught up. And that was what happened to me when I first started uh, surrogate parenting. Uh, where I first was uh, involved in surrogate parenting. And it was, I was very lo- uh, lucky enough to be early, early days in this stuff. And what we are doing is using technology in vitro fertilization, for example, to create embryos that implanted in the surrogates. No one had any idea of what the law was going to be. It was the Wild West. Who was the mother? The woman that gives birth to a child? The woman who carried the child? The egg donor who provided the eggs that created the embryos that went into the child or into the womb of the surrogate. Uh, The intended mom who signed a contract. No one had any idea. Well, the same thing is happening here. No one has any idea. Now, most of the time, this uh, gene splicing has to do with like hobbies. How to make mushrooms glow in the dark. I mean, really, uh, these are uh, kids that get together. (laughs) It's really bizarre. And uh, they just do stuff. But it involves gene splicing. And here's the fear. The fear is that it translates easy into weaponizing this stuff. And that actually happened. Now, thank God it's not kids. But there are a group of scientists that took uh, the smallpox... Uh, the spores, the virus, and created something very similar. And there are, you know how many samples of smallpox there are in the world? I think five. And they're kept in deep, deep freezes with uh, huge security. Well, these guys were able to create something akin to it with gene splicing or gene editing. I mean, it's crazy stuff. So what's going to happen? Well, uh, they're going to have to start passing the laws like they did uh, with surrogacy, like they have with in vitro fertilization, although not really. Uh, all are, all they have when you talk about in vitro are recommendations. There are no real legal restrictions. Now, in my practice, there are legal restrictions that uh, we were able to put into place, and we've been trying for a very, very long time to do that. Because you need laws to cover this. You need controls. You can't just let kids weaponize uh, viruses with uh, DIY gene editing. That's some 17-year-old kid that's going to create some massive virus 
and uh, start uh, and start extorting governments. I mean, that's really crazy stuff. All right, coming up, it's Handle on the Law. I'm doing that off the air for future broadcast. And the phone number is 877-520-1150. Marginal legal advice for your marginal legal questions. I'll do that right up until 11 o'clock. 877-520-1150. Up next, Brian Suits filling in for Gary and Shannon. And we'll do this again tomorrow where I scream at you. And hopefully I don't make too big an ass out of myself. Yeah, you're dreaming, Handle. 877-520-1150. Handle in the morning crew. This is KFI AM 640.